My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, my name is Father John Calgaro, Conventional Franciscan Priest in Marytown, and I feel privileged to share with you, radio listeners of WSFI Radio Catholic Radio, some reflections on this important season of Lent. And I wish you express uh, appreciation to WSFI Radio, Catholic Radio, for this opportunity to do so. As you know, Lent began this past Wednesday, Ash Wednesday, and today would be the first Friday of Lent. Where do we get the word Lent from? You know, some countries, when they uh, express or mention Lent in their languages, it usually has its root in some in the in the in forty. Forty days our Lord spent in the desert fasting and praying. For example, Spanish, uh, Quaresma is the word for Lent, and it comes from the word 40. In Italian, Quaresima also comes from the word 40. But where does our word Lent come from? Well, it comes from old Germanic roots, which means spring or springtime. Our 40 penitential days of Lent should be a springtime. A springtime of new birth for each individual Christian and a springtime for new birth for the church as a whole. Lent is a time for renewal, conversion, repentance, reform. And God only knows that the church in our times certainly needs renewal. It is in dire need of renewal, conversion, repentance, reform. Each individual needs to reject sin and attachment to sin. Each individual Christian needs to reform his or her life so that it becomes more and more in conformity with the Lord's example and teachings. And the church as a whole leads this conversion and reform from the bishops, priests, all the way down to the laity. Sadly to say, my dear friends, Christ, the church and her mission has been seriously hurt and hindered by some church leaders who have led gravely sinful lives. Many of us are aware of the clerical sexual abuse of minors and our vulnerable adults, and also the various financial scandals. Some go all the way up to the Vatican. Now we must make one thing perfectly clear, that the church is holy, always holy, because her head and founder, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, is holy and divine. However, the church and her body and her members are sinful and always in need of constant reform and conversion. As the Second Vatican Council in its decree, Lumen Gentium, declared, quote, The Church embracing in its bosom sinners, at the same time holy and always in need of being purified, always follows the way of penance and renewal, unquote. Our blessed Lord Jesus Christ wants His Church to be His spotless bride. Like St. Paul declares in his letter to the Ephesians, Jesus wants, quote, his church to be a church in splendor, without spot or wrinkle, 
holy and without blemish. Unquote. Same pause later to the Ephesians chapter 5 verse 27. And of course Holy Mother Church does have spots, wrinkles, and blemishes. And so our Lent is a 40-day period for the church, bishops, priests, religious laity to be purified and to remove those ugly spots, wrinkles, and blemishes that deform the image of Holy Mother Church. So in this Lenten season, winter takes spiritual penitential practices to achieve that holiness for each of us and for the church as a whole. During this Lent, we must take more seriously, more than ever, the words of Jesus when he commanded us, be perfect, just as your heavenly Father is perfect. The urgency and importance of this conversion and purification is clearly brought out with the symbol of the ashes we received this past Wednesday, Ash Wednesday. And I would like to share with you a little bit about the symbolism behind ashes. You know, ashes are a beautiful and meaningful expression of our penitential season in the church, a clear expression of what we are to do with our sins. And what are we to do with our sins? Well, burn them, destroy them. You know, back in the Vietnam War days, the military had these search-and-destroy missions where they would go out and search the enemy and once they find them, they would destroy them. Well, Lent is like a search-and-destroy mission. We search our sins and once we find them, we destroy them. You know, when we burn something completely, all that remains are the ashes. The ashes are a reminder that something has been destroyed. So when we receive the ashes, like we did this past Wednesday, there we are reminded that our sins and sinful attachments should be turned into ashes. The ashes remind us that we should be dead to sin and to the allurements of sin. As St. Paul reminds us in his letter to the Romans, quote, count yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus, unquote. Romans chapter 6, verse 11. But ashes are also a sign of purification because fire purifies. The ashes remind us that we need to be purified by the spiritual fire of the Holy Spirit. I remember back when I was stationed in Mexico for many years, our campesinos, or farmers in English, but use the old-fashioned slash-and-burn technique for farming, for planting. For example, after letting the land be unsown for a certain number of years, they will cut down all the bushes, weeds, and small trees that might have grown during those years, and then set it all on fire. The fire would kill any of the bugs and insects in the ground and also provide a layer of ash which served as a good fertilizer. Just as fire purifies the land for planting, so the fire of the Holy Spirit purifies our souls. Ashes are not only a sign of death and destruction, but also a sign of life. 
because out of the ashes new life can come. The ashes become, so to speak, a forerunner of the resurrection. Like the mythical phoenix bird of Greek mythology that is destroyed by fire, but is born again into a new bird. There is a beautiful hymn we sing during Lent which expresses this beautiful rebirth from the ashes. Let me quote a few words from that hymn. We rise again from ashes for the good we failed to do. We rise again from ashes to create ourselves anew. If all our world is ashes, then must our lives be true. An offering of ashes, an offering to you. Also, the ashes not only signified conversion to death to sin, but also a total offering of self to God, an unconditional self-offering to God. In Old Testament times, the Israelites would offer animal sacrifices to God called holocaust. The animal, animal victim would be totally consumed by fire, and all that would remain would be its ashes. By the same token, the ashes we received should remind us that we as Christians are called to be a total self-offering to God. A holocaust offering to God, so to speak. Nothing of our sinful, selfish lives should remain. St. Paul in his letter to the Romans reminds us of this total self-giving to God. He says, I quote, I urge you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, unquote. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. As you may recall, the rite of the imposition of ashes includes an exhortation, to which we answer, Amen. There are two exhortations that can be used. One from the Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 1, verse 15, where our Lord says, Repent and believe in the Gospel. And the other one is from the Old Testament, the book of Genesis, chapter 3, verse 19, where, uh, where God told our fallen parents, Adam and Eve, remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Now, the words repent and believe in the gospel that Jesus spoke are an invitation to conversion. Repent in the context that Jesus put in the gospel really means convert. That is, change your way of thinking. Change your way of doing things. Receiving the ashes is an external sign that you want to change your way of thinking. You want to change your, the way you live. You want to change your life of sin. So the church and land cause us to repent of our sins and all our attachments to sin. She causes us to repent of our mistaken beliefs and embrace the truth. And we know there are a lot of false beliefs that many of our fellow Catholics embrace, even among the clergy. This repentance is for all members of the church, from the hierarchy to the laity. No one can be excluded.
Now the second exhortation is from Genesis chapter 3 verse 19 which reminds us that someday we will be like ashes in the ground. So we should strive to be humble and obedient to God in this life and realize that without God we are nothing. What matters in life is not what we have or possess, but what we are before God. Nothing more and nothing less. I would just like to add that this special season of Lent is special for us Franciscans. Because when St. Francis found that our order, the Friars Minor, he wanted order to be a penitential order. In fact, many times the Franciscan order is called Brothers of Penance. We are called to give witness to that. In fact, St. Francis was happiest when he was doing penance because he realized that was a share in the passion of Jesus Christ that Jesus Christ whom he loved so much. And as you know, we Franciscans wear the color gray. That was a traditional color from the time of St. Francis. Gray is a humble color because in St. Francis' at the time, people of rank and stature wore garments that were colored. The poor people wore gray. So gray is a, is a sign of enunciation. It's a sign of penance. So my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, as we begin this Latin season in preparation for Easter, may y'all have a most blessed Lent. The other day somebody greeted me by saying, have a happy Lent. I said, don't wish me a happy Lent. Don't wish anybody a happy Lent. Wish me a miserable Lent. Our Lenten penitential practice should make us feel, make us feel a little of the pain Jesus suffered for our sins. This type of Lent will truly be the springtime which will launch us into the resurrection.